If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. We finished 1 Timothy last week, and we start 2 Timothy this week, and just walking through Scripture together. And uh, if you're just now joining us, a recap of 1 Timothy is, is Paul gives Timothy, this young pastor who's pastoring the church at Ephesus, this, this kind of cultural hub of a city um, that's just booming and bustling with all kinds of economy and all kinds of culture. Timothy's in Ephesus um, being the pastor of this newly formed church, and, and Paul writes this first letter of, of 1 Timothy to him saying, hey, I'm going to encourage you, Timothy, in, in how you should lead the church and how the church should respond. So there's these instructions given to Timothy for the church. And then this second letter that Paul writes to Timothy is Paul at this point in his life is in Rome in prison and his execution date has been set. So this second letter is written with a different spirit in mind, mainly a spirit of urgency, right? So he, he knows that he is about to die and so he's writing this letter to Timothy, wanting to express some final thoughts, Timothy, as you leave. And so with that in mind, we jump into 2 Timothy chapter 1. I want to ask you a question, though, before we get to the text this morning. Have you ever been shaped by something? Like... Okay, so husbands and wives, so just, just pick on you for a second, okay? How many of you find yourselves saying some of the same things your spouse says? You're like, I didn't ever say that before I got married, and now I'm saying that, right? Okay, we, yeah, so you're shaped by them, aren't you? How many of you say some things that your friends say or your coworkers say? Good or bad, it's okay, I get it, like some of you, right? We say some things, don't we? We're being shaped by them. All right, all right, kids, how many of you say things like your mom and dad? Yeah, exactly, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. There's this, uh, we're, we're learning some things in our house right now, and we're learning that, that my oldest um, thankfully looks like my wife, but unfortunately acts like me sometimes. And so she, she's shaped by me, right, because of how I act. And so this morning with that in our mind and going, okay, what, are, what am I being shaped by? I want us to see this, that our aim, and this is just simply, uh, if you walk away with nothing else this morning, you would know this, that God calls us according to his will and shapes us by his grace. God calls us according to his will and shapes us by his grace. And so 2 Timothy chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, and Christ Jesus, our Lord. So Timothy does two things here. He first, he introduces himself, but he makes it known. Um, I am, I'm Paul, 
only by the will of God through Christ. Because prior to being Paul, he was Saul, who persecuted and killed Christians. He comes to know Jesus, and now he is Paul by the will of God. That this is not anything he has done on his own. And it is all done through Jesus Christ. He identifies and says, hey, I have been called okay, by the will of God, just like you, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, as five kids put their faith and trust in Jesus this week, by the will of God through Christ. Okay? And he says to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. It's, it's, these are terms of endearment. Paul would have known Timothy prior because Paul um, helped to, to probably had a hand in Timothy's salvation, had a hand in presenting the gospel to his mother and his grandmother and, 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 and starting the church that he grew up in. He had a hand in that, so he cares deeply about Timothy. And then he goes on, he's going to say this. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers. The first thing that you and I as believers are shaped by is prayer. We're shaped by prayer. How many of you have ever had someone pray for you? And it changed your heart. It changed who you were. Whether it changed your circumstances or not, you could feel the fact that someone was praying for you. Because here's the deal. If they prayed for you through that circumstance, you're sitting here today. You made it by the grace of God. And those prayers encouraged your heart and they shaped you and understood your faithfulness. You became, began to understand the faithfulness of God. We're shaped by prayer. You and I are. My grandmother, um, for 18 years that I was alive and she was alive, my grandmother um, wrote birthday cards, hand-wrote birthday cards to all, there was like 14 of us, grandkids. She hand-wrote, and I still have some of those birthday cards. And at the end of every birthday card, Granny would write, and know that I pray for you every day. Church, I am a product of that. I am shaped by my grandmother's prayers who's no longer here. I am shaped by my mother and father's prayers who diligently prayed for me. You're, a, you're shaped and you're a product of somebody's prayers for you. Somebody has prayed for you and it has shaped you. So the question is, as believers, are we, as Paul is to Timothy, constantly, consistently remembering someone and others in our prayers? Let's just back up one step. How many of us are consistent in our prayer life? Oh, preacher, don't talk about that. Let's just be honest this morning. I can't answer that for you. Only you can. 
And if the answer is, I pray occasionally, that's the wrong answer. Whoa, 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 time out. Consistently and constantly was Paul's model for Timothy. It's the model for us. Charles Spurgeon says it this way, it is not a matter of time so much as a matter of heart. If you have the heart to pray, you will find the time. Stop making an excuse that you don't have time to pray. You don't have time not to pray. Let's be consistent and let's be constant in our prayer. Maybe, maybe that starts today for us. And that's okay if it does. But let's be consistent and constant in our prayers so that it shapes us and it shapes others. And then Paul goes on and he says this, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. We're also shaped by others. We're shaped by others. We, um, we see that, that, that Paul is reminded of Timothy's sincere faith that, that first dwelt in his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. Is that Timothy is, is shaped by his mom and his grandmother. How many of you are thankful for a good mama? Okay. Yeah, you've been shaped by them. How many of you have had a good faithful grandmother? Yeah, you're shaped by them. And, and Paul's sitting here saying... Hey, I'm thankful for them. What we know to be true is that, is that Timothy's dad was a Greek and a non-believing Greek. And, and so, so Timothy is shaped in his faith by his mother and his grandmother. They poured into him and they deposited something in him of eternity. Just like this week at VBS. Those of you that led and volunteered, could you stand up if you led and volunteered? I don't care if you have your shirt on or not. Stand up. Come on. Stand up. Yeah. Look. All around this place, teenagers all across the board, right? You had a hand in depositing eternity into five lives. That's huge. You shaped their lives for eternity. And so Paul says, hey, I'm thankful for your mother and your grandmother, Lois, and Eunice, and I, and I would bet that there, you can think of people in your life that have shaped you. Maybe you're sitting close by them. Can I encourage you in this? Say thank you to them. I think of people like my mom and my dad who, who were faithful to take me to church and faithful to volunteer and faithful to serve and, and faithful to do all of those things. I'm thankful for ladies like Eileen Stewart who loved me even when I was a heathen little boy. I'm thankful for Duke Fredrickson who took a bunch of um, rambunctious nine and 10 year olds on Boy Scout trips. And, and I'm thankful for, um, I'm thankful for guys like Burl Dillard who took 22 of sixth, seventh and eighth grade junior high boys to a camp and stayed in the dorm by himself with them, and Burl was 72 at the time. But, but those are people who shaped me. 
And you have people who shaped you. If you came to know the Lord, somebody had a hand in depositing the gospel in you. When I was serving in Cleveland, Texas, um, there was a man by the name of Jerry Carley. And, and we're going to throw a picture up here of Jerry. I hope the man in the blue, that's Mr. Jerry. Um, Jerry Carley had um, a blackberry orchard. And every, uh, every year we would take the kids and we would go pick blackberries at Mr. Jerry's orchard. And Jerry had a big pond and we would go catfishing. He would hand feed all of his catfish. So they were like giants. He had one in there called called um, um, Big, he called it, he nicknamed him Big Jerry. And Big, we don't know how Big Jerry, how big Big Jerry was. I know that I hooked him and on 20 pound test and he snapped it like a twig. So he's, he's a big boy. We're not really sure how big he is, okay? But, but Mr. Carley was always welcoming to anyone to come to his place, and he just loved on, on, on people. Mr. Jerry got sick, and he passed away. And um, at the funeral, I was up in the sound booth running sound, and our pastor was um, preaching the funeral. And he got to this point where he, the family wanted um, people just to stand up and Say something about Mr. Carly. And I sat in the sound booth and I, I cried for a solid hour as person after person after person after person after person after person stood up and said, Mr. Carly led me to the Lord. His whole life, he had just been silently, quietly leading people to Jesus. And their lives were shaped and changed by his faithfulness. And so the question for us is, who are we shaping? If you know Christ, if you've given your life to Jesus, if you've had a moment where you said, I, I know that I am a sinner, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, and I confess him as the Lord and the boss of my life. If you've had that moment and you've come into relationship with Jesus, then now is your turn to shape somebody else. Who is it? Who's your one? Pick one person from this day on and begin to shape them. Begin to tell them about the gospel because we're shaped by others. And then Paul's gonna go on, this is this last thing, verse six. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. The last thing that Paul is saying here is that, that we are shaped by discipline. We're shaped by discipline. He says to Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God. What does that mean? What does it mean to fan into flame the gift of God? So, so here's, here's something that, that we need to just camp on for just a few minutes. One of the biggest fears in the church is this, is that People come to know Christ and they gain salvation and they're pumped and they're excited about it and they do nothing with it. They, 
they do nothing with it. They just sit on that and they're pumped and they're excited. But then about two to three years later, they get frustrated and they leave the church because they don't know what to do because they've never been discipled because they've never been taught how to be disciplined in their faith. Because here he's saying, fan into flame the gift of God. The gift is Jesus. The gift is Jesus. It's salvation through him. And so now we are required to give fuel to that fire. And it requires discipline on your part to fan into that flame. To fan a flame is to give fuel and oxygen to it. He says, fan that. And so what does that mean for you? It means that you are to be disciplined. Look, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. My wife was, we were talking about this and she shared this illustration with me. Say you love music, man. You love everything about music. You love, you love instruments. You love everything there is to love about music. And you want to desperately play a song. And you talk about it and you talk about it and you talk about it. And then I look at you and say, okay, we'll play the song. Oh, well, I, uh, uh. You see, saying that we love something, being passionate about something, is very different than acting it out. Because look, in order to play a song, you have to discipline yourself on the instrument. You have to discipline yourself to learn to play those things, right? You have to understand some notes and some chords and some music theory and you have to understand those things in order for the song to come out and sometimes it takes a while right it, really what it means is that you have to discipline so that the gift comes out and that's what Paul's saying here fan into flame the gift that has been given to you you and I have to be disciplined. G.K. Chesterton says this, Christianity is not tried and found wanting. It is found difficult and not tried. You want to be a faithful believer? Get disciplined. Get disciplined. Be in God's word. Spend time with him in prayer. Carve out that time and say, nothing gets in the way of this. When you drive down the road, stop listening to talk radio that's nonsense and useless for your brain and start listening to the word of God being read. Start listening to sermons. Start listening to something being proclaimed that is truth in your life. Be disciplined to be in God's word. Be disciplined to serve him whenever there's an opportunity. We are shaped by discipline. We're shaped by discipline because all of this has to be intentional. Jonathan Edwards says this, a true and faithful Christian does not make holy living an accidental thing. It is his great concern. As the business of the soldier is to fight, so the business of the Christian is to be like Christ. May our goal, may all that we are, pursue after a life 
that looks like Christ. Because we claim him, let's pursue after him. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word this morning. Father, thank you that thank you that you challenge us, God. That we can open up your word and and it reads us oftentimes instead of us reading it. So Father, I pray this morning that we that we would find some hope here. Father, that we would, would be disciplined in our time with you and our pursuit of you. That we would just not expect it to happen just because it happens, but we would be intentional with it. Father, as we move into this time of, of invitation, Father, would we respond to you? Would we respond to your word? Father, that is in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.